today on Ovius and Gilio, episode 100. Thanks to everybody who has helped make this happen. Our sponsors, and most importantly, you, the listeners, who have followed us over to the podcast platform. So if you've rated us five stars, salute. If you have left us rating, salute to you. If you haven't, no big deal, but we would greatly appreciate it if you did. We would also greatly appreciate it if you bought a t-shirt Christmas is right around the corner. You're thinking about some holiday gifts. You know what would be an amazing stocking stuffer? Some t-shirts from BreakingTea.com. Go to BreakingTea.com slash OG. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt for the OG podcast listener in your life. Again, that's BreakingTea.com slash OG. 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 Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties. And thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I don't think that that yellow pad came from the Copiers Plus printout collection. But if you want to move on from how Giglio likes to do his work on actual yellow pad and move your stuff to the cloud, well, guess who can help you out? Copiers Plus. Again, check them out online at copiers-plus.com. If you're watching on YouTube, Gilio is holding up the 100. That's the same That's the same energy as Will Chamberlain. Same energy, Joe. Same energy. The game in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It just goes to show you what an afterthought the NBA was. They played a game in Hershey. He scored 100, and someone was like, something, probably somebody in the media in one of the newspapers was like, here, hold up this, hold up this piece of paper. It was a different time, man. Iconic. It was a different time. It's an iconic photo. I put it up there on the Twitter. You holding it up in black and white. <laughs> Will Chamberlain holding up the 100 in black and white. Same energy. Uh, although Steve does wonder, are there any other similarities between you and Wilt? Not seven foot, not athletic. No. Sorry. Were you as prolific at NC State? <laughs> no. In your college years? Was anyone? <laughs> no. I mean, no. No, I see where, uh, I see where our super P1 listener, Ken, Dropped by with a celebratory Colonel Taylor. He did. Very excited about this. Very excited. What would be episode 100 without me closing out my email program and you guys hearing the ding in the middle of the podcast? So uh, you want to you have some? You want one of these? No, actually, I have a very special mug for this. Which, by the way, we have to figure out what we're going to do for 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're getting close. I mean, we're like 12 away. Who knows? Maybe at the end of this, we'll have, uh, we'll have 5,000 subscribers. So what I love about Ken's collection of bourbon is that it still has the ABC tags on it. It makes you wonder, right? <laughs> the ABC, by the way, the ABC bar tags on it, not like where you pick them up at the actual ABC store. So I always wonder about Ken's super secret sources when it comes to his bourbon collection. So yeah, this is what is what do we got here? It's the straight rye. So I'm very excited about this. I'm a big fan of this. I feel like it's appropriate that episode 100 we go straight to the bourbon Ray in the morning. Com. Oh, yeah. I'll get to this in a second. Nice. I'll get to this in a second. I was like, give myself a nice... Do not pour substance. me that much. I will pour my own. No! Let me pour it for you. Here. Okay, fine. Fine. So, but yeah. I'll I trust you. In episode one, in episode one, I, I, went, did. I went straight to the Blantons that was gifted to us by Kevin Keats. Oh. So, it's appropriate that at episode 100, we are drinking bourbon from... Uh, one of our P1s. Congrats on 100 episodes. Yeah, so this uh, this coffee mug... Uh, is from our friend Adam Jordan over at Raycom, yes. Gray Communications, helping us out with Origin Sports. 
that's uh, awesome. Shout out to wow, that's awesome. Shout out to Young Gun, the Bryce Young podcast, which is on Origin Sports. So this is a Raycom Charlotte Coliseum Diet Pepsi Tournament of Champions. If you're watching this on is YouTube, what the Big Four became. They, yeah. they still tried to hold on to an early season four team in invitational. And the teams on this 1991 edition was NC State, UNC Charlotte, Alabama, and DePaul. It's just too bad that uh, Appro- no, but I also, got man wasn't but it, at Alabama in 91 yes. for that game. And it's appropriate. We have this NC state Alabama thing because we are talking to Mark Godfrey to celebrate 100 episodes on the podcast. So you Cheers. said it couldn't be done. Who's I never said that. No, finding the got man. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. I did say that. I did say there's no way the got man's going to come on, but you and you and got man have a very unique relationship. We do. We do. So I think, and we're going to try to get to the heart of what? Too much it for you? amazing, but it, it does. Is. <laughs> you, you, but you're still on your bourbon journey, Joe. You're still on the journey that you're figuring things out that you like and what you don't like. That's really good, actually. Dude, the straight rye on this is fantastic. Wow. So big thanks to Ken. And again, big thanks to everybody. Look, all, all jokes aside, all fun and frivolity aside, thanks to everybody who's helped make this happen. We don't get to 100 episodes without people consistently listening to you, the podcast. You get mad at me if I throw that in here and just mix it around? You talk to Ken about that. It's not my bourbon. <laughs> Actually, that might be good. It's chocolate banana. Oh, dude, with the bourbon? <laughs> Shit, I might want that. <laughs> now that I think about it. Should just be happy we won. <laughs> Hit it. Hit the sounder. <laughs> no, I don't have it on the board yet. Yes, you do. Well, no, I have it on the... Uh, no, you put it... Yes, right. You put it in the stream yard, so I guess I can play. Shit, be happy we won there you go. There you go. No, but it, as I got sidetracked here, thanks to everybody who's uh, listened uh, to all of our ridiculousness uh, and has followed along, uh, has come over uh, from the radio side of things to listen to us on podcast form. And again, we can't do this without people listening. And we can't do this with the people without the people who are sponsoring us as well. Uh, so we've had some people from the jump who have been with us. Uh, we've had people who have jumped on uh, early, like Copiers Plus as our presenting sponsor. Uh, which we really, truly appreciate. Oh, you just gave me some of this? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to try this out of the State Cup. Oh, so did Ken bring the Carolina Fever Cup, too? Mm-hmm. Add it to the collection? He bought us these, these State Cups. Fuck, that's good. <laughs> it's very good. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Are we going to make it through this episode? Yeah. <laughs> you might not make it. You might not make it through this episode. I, on the other hand, will be fine because my tolerance is way too high right now. <laughs> And I blame uh, I blame the pandemic for that. So anyway, I'll be I'll be sipping on this bourbon throughout. Uh, I did not have any bourbon last night watching the Champions Classic between Duke and Michigan State. Yeah, you know what my first takeaway from watching that game last night? Can we get rid of the Champions Classic? I think it's time to sunset this thing. I yeah. know it was in Chicago. I know there's the storyline of John Shire and he's there and his parents are there. Hey, cool, whatever. But having watched Duke Arizona at Cameron Indoor, knowing that Duke is going to go to Arizona next year with these home and homes. If we always have these existential conversations about college basketball and how to improve college basketball, how to get people interested in college basketball. Last night was sleepy. It's a sleepy start to the season. It's uh, it, these, these neutral court games don't home court advantages, the state, the, the arenas that these teams play in these, these historic buildings, the crowds, all that stuff. That's the feature of college basketball over, say, the NBA. You're not watching college basketball for the skill half the time. You didn't watch Michigan State Duke last night for an offensive display. They need to stop also, if I can curry a little favor with Carolina fans right now. Yeah. 
They need to stop trying to make Michigan State a thing. <laughs> it's gonna no. Okay. It's gonna continue to be a thing as long as Tom as it was there. Okay. It's as simple but, as that. Like they haven't won the thing since two thousand. I know, right? I know, but Come people on. love Tom Izzo, man. Sure, but they, they never him. play an appealing style of basketball. Agree. The games with that don't involve that involve them almost always devolve into these kind of rock fights, and mm-hmm. you're like, what on earth am I watching right now? So yeah, 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 you know what? Yeah, I would love to see Duke go to Kansas. I would love to That'd see Kansas amazing. come here. I would love to see Kansas come to the Smith Center. What are they afraid of? What are we doing? Like, no, honestly, like, what are you afraid of? Like, for instance, there's been some talk about the Duke, Arizona, the loss for Duke. What does it mean? Ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a good win for Arizona, and that could be a seed bump for them down the line. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really hurt Duke in the early going. November basketball is very tricky to talk about. As we discussed at ACC tip-off, and as we're going to discuss the rest of this month and even into December, because these teams are still figuring it out. So from Duke's perspective last night, it was nice to see Caleb Foster step up. He was a non-factor in the Arizona game. And with Kyle Filipowski dealing with a little bit of foul trouble early on, they found a different way to get points on the board, got to halftime with a decent lead. Again, it wasn't pretty, but they found a way. And then in the second half, because what's Duke's biggest problem last year was consistent shooting. They were mm-hmm. great defensively. You talked about Derek Lively yesterday and how much he contributed, not on the scoreboard, but in other ways, especially with his rebounding, his defensive play in the paint. So they're going to have to figure that out. But the biggest issue for me and Duke continues to be, do you have a consistent shooter? Caleb Foster coming off the bench is a nice sign. You also have to kind of get where the Tyrese Proctor at the end of last season was activated so far this season i think that's another but again that's all working with new players and roles and everything else that john shire is trying to figure out and ryan young went from the pariah at the end of the arizona state the arizona game to a pretty decent contributor in this game and a slog fest against michigan state so john's figuring it out like he did last year but i think you and i agree there are some little yellow flags about duke if they're going to be a championship team that have to sort themselves out yeah actually they're, they're fairly big flags okay you know I mean, there's, there's certain ways to win. You out-talent people in basketball. You just swarm them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen that with mm-hmm. Duke. We've seen that with Carolina, where you're just like, oh, their team is so much better than the other team, yeah. right? Yeah. You can out-physical team. Just be tougher than they are. And I thought Arizona was tougher than Duke. So, you know, there's there. That's part of it. Out, out Herb Sendek, this thing. Out-defend a team. It's part of being tough, right? <laughs> Such a great philosophy. But I'm, but I'm looking at Duke, and there's a little bit of toughness there because they, they stood up to Arizona in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. It's not like they they wilted. Oh, no, 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 right? no. You know? Like I said, it wasn't the loss doesn't really bother but, me. No, I know, but I don't see them out toughing teams necessarily. I don't see them out shooting teams mm-hmm. necessarily. So you, it does make me wonder a little bit while Proctor is going through this thing. And Jared McCain was supposed to be yeah, something. Yeah. And, and and I get it. It's three games. He's just so far, he's not. He's He's not helping right now. Mm-hmm. He's struggling mm-hmm. and it happens. That's where Roach comes in and that helps you to have Roach be able to handle the ball, run some stuff through him. Uh, Filipowski obviously is the bus driver on this team, but you're absolutely right. This is where the luxury the, in the great words of Mark Gottfried, you know, when uh, Ryan Kelly couldn't play in, in, I think it was 2012 or 20, maybe even 2011. Uh, no, Mark wasn't there in 11 when Ryan Kelly couldn't play. Well, They'll just bring another McDonald's All-American right. off the bench. Well, and there you go. Caleb Foster last night with uh, yeah. four threes. That's the kind of shooting that I was kind of looking for from McCain from Makes this sense. team. So we'll I see what they look like as the thing moves along. Mm-hmm. I said this on Law of the Wolf this week with Scott Wood, which came out yesterday. I like Miami. I don't want your dad mad at me, but I really like Miami. Nah, they'll be good. I love the way that they play offense. 
Like they, they, they're probably not going to lock you down on the defensive end mm-hmm. where they move the ball, the options that they have, the way that they play. Uh, I, that's, that's a team I'll have my eye on all year. I will push back slightly on Duke and out toughing teams. Are they built? Well, that's the question though. Okay, from so, the Tennessee game last I, year. Okay. So last year, because that Tennessee game came to mind and that's the thing. They were old. Tennessee was old. They were old. And it was also in how they let the game be played. Okay. I mean, they were straight up mugging dudes and they weren't calling anything. And Duke's not equipped to play a game like that. They right. know that. Um, also, you got to remember that Tennessee kept hitting big shots in that game too. It went beyond just the physical play. They had some big damn shots in that game. So to me, I saw, and I, I had asked at the ACC tournament last year, I had asked Filipowski. I had asked John Shire. What was a turning point where it looked like there, there was kind of whispers in the ACC. I was talking to one guy about this. There are whispers in the ACC that Duke's toughness could be challenged under John Shire. And we saw this play out at Virginia. And there was just kind of like this book of man, they can get pushed. They can get pushed from that point on. And what I gave credit to John Shire and that team for is that you notice the teams that had beat them. They, when they took care of business, especially it was like a, it was like almost like a revenge tour in the ACC tournament. So I'll be yeah. I'll be curious to see what that carryover effect and the question it, we already know it's been questioned. Has it been a carryover with leaders like Kyle Filipowski, who was front and center on that toughness question, or Tyrese Proctor, who was front and center in that toughness toughness question? If it's a carryover effect, and there's just a little bit of a slower going in November, and we'll see them be more actualized in that regard going forward. But it's early basketball. Uh, there were some nice things to see out of uh, out of Duke last night. To your point about Michigan State, man, they can't shoot. But, I, but but Izzo has the right attitude. Like last night, he's like, I'm not worried about it right now. It's November. That's the right attitude to take. It really is the right attitude to take. But you, of course, are just shaking your head like, nah. I mean, it, this is like questioning why NC State's not good in football at, on offense. Sure. It's their, that it's is their who they are. That's who they want to yeah, be. Yeah, it is who they are. It is who they are. Speaking of the Wolfpack, their uh, AD, Boo Corgan, is the head of the College Football Playoff Committee. And Did he inadvertently make news last night? Because again, we Lauren and I on Monday talked about conspiracy theories and yeah. how people are like orchestrating. Like you really would have to believe that people are orchestrating things behind the scenes. Like he's certainly not actively orchestrating behind the scenes to leave NC State out of the top twenty-five. No, I don't. I don't think so. And again, every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by Wings Over. Check them out in downtown Raleigh, off of Hillsborough Street. They got the free parking. The online ordering is money. It's always on time. Every time I've ordered from Wings Over, it is. On time when I'm there, 6.30, 6.30, boom, it's there, ready to go. Um, have we decided hot lemon pepper and the sweet chili, right? Yes, because it's the yin and the yang. Yeah. It's, it's the right balance. So, kind of like banana, chocolate, and the Colonel what Taylor. This? What is this, Colonel? Yeah, the Colonel Taylor straight ride, dude. Is, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's 100 proof, by the way. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. So? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have so? no chance at making this hockey game tonight. <laughs> I know I'll take a nap. <laughs> Good call. Good call. So quick top four. Georgia moves to the number one spot. It makes sense given what they did to Old Miss. I know. I know. I think people are also looking at retroactive games too. What was it? I think Missouri looked pretty good. So they're like retroactively applying that. So Ohio State moves to the two spot. Michigan remains three. Fine. Whatever. Um, and then you've got Florida State at four, which I thought was somewhat surprising given what Washington has done in conference play against ranked opponents. 
Uh, they'll have another ranked opponent opportunity against Oregon State this weekend. Curious to see if they actually get it done. Uh, and if they do, I got to imagine that Washington will continue to build a resume that will jump over Florida State. That's eventually. Yeah, I would I would agree. But you would hope yeah. that the loser, when Ohio State does lose to Michigan, you would hope they are behind Florida State. You would think. You would hope. So this is where we get into the conspiracy theory? Well, conspiracy, I don't, you know, this is one of those deep, dark rumor type okay, things. So we're on the dark web now. I feel dark like we should, we should probably come up with a new sounder. sounder I'll, for the- I'll hit up Anna to see if she can come up with like a crazy graphic about us entering into the dark web so people yeah. understand that what we're talking about is pure rumor and speculation. So Ohio State, they're trying to find a new athletic director. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Parker executive search firm, your favorite, is handling the search. Mm-hmm. And um, this is not a derogatory term. Bukorian is a Parker executive search firm all-star. He checks all of the boxes for <laughs> their candidates. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like how you so put that. He's when, an all-star. So when they, these jobs come open, you yeah. know, his name is, is in consideration for the job at Ohio State. And given the jobs that his dad has, you know, that's a name that carries some weight. It given, does. And even, you know, you might look at NC State and go, ah, eh, it's just NC State. But uh, the work that he did at Army and now the work that he's doing at NC State. He has this high-profile position with the College Football Playoff Committee. This is a ra- Sometimes it could be an easy sell to a school like Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, let's do this. Yeah. So maybe in the back of his mind, he's thinking, oh, I, need to, I need to make Ohio State look good. So now, should now, he recuse himself now, the same way he recuses himself when <laughs> NC State comes up? Now, what that has to do with why NC State's not ranked? Yeah, I don't know. What I, was, that that part of I don't know. Yeah, David Hale, our friend over at ESPN, had tweeted this out, and he, and he makes a very good point that NC State is the only seven and three or better P five team not ranked by the committee this week. Pack has wins over Clemson and Miami. Losses are to number ten by three points and number nineteen with a team that was seventeen at the time of the game. NC State's AD is the chair of the committee. Of course, Hale has to point out that who has to recuse himself sure. in those conversations. Meanwhile, you've got North Carolina, who's moved up to the 20th spot in the CFP. They've got one fewer loss, though. They do. They do. But here's my and they question. they just beat a team that beat State. So here's my question. Here's my question. It, if State is ranked in the top 25, what does that accomplish? What would it be? 24, 25? Um, it's Get Dave Dorn a bonus. Okay, but here's where Boo Corrigan probably is okay with him not being ranked because what does NC State thrive on? Disrespect. Right. So maybe that's what this was. Yes. Maybe Dave texted David Hale and said, I, Have need, the tweet I, ready. I need something for this week. Yep. Yep. It'll, it'll trigger Julio to, to spout off on some Ohio State mm-hmm. theory. Yep. And it'll get us motivated for Virginia Tech. Okay. This is real dark web. All right. We did it. That Doran texted Hale. Foya, have the tweet Foya ready. Dave's text. Let's go. Let's go. And have the tweet ready to go. So <laughs> we have our new disrespect card to play. Easy and, enough, man. Right. Now about North Carolina. I had somebody in the YouTube comments being like, you guys are such haters about on, UNC. On, on UNC being ranked in the in the top 25. So here's my question. Typically, do we talked about that well, last week? I brought up like, why are they 24 oh. based on what we saw out of Virginia and Georgia Tech and, and everything yeah. else? Well, like, why is this team 24? Typically, the college football playoff uses the back end of the top 25, 15 to 25, to set up arguments for teams that are in the top five, top 10. 
North Car- is North Carolina going to play Florida State in the ACC championship game? Is that what's getting set up here? I believe there's a mathematical possibility. I know that I, it's, it's I unlikely. Tie, I put the tiebreaker <laughs> segment you did on YouTube <laughs> for people to listen to and break down. Yeah. But because last time I checked, North Carolina does not play any teams. No. Or has played a team that is in this college football playoff discussion. They don't play Florida State. They it's have a, not played Florida it's State. It's not helping. So it's not helping them. Who is it helping? I, offensively, they, they might have good offensive metric numbers. Okay. They, they, they legitimately look at everything. Oh, no, I, I understand yeah. that. But I also, again, dark web, know that these are argu- these things are set up to make yes. arguments for. Correct. So I'm just curious, who is North right. Carolina like In helping? previous years, we have seen NC State in the bottom half of the yes. rankings. And that is specifically to help Clemson in their case. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agree. So I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Unless they are calling a Mac Brown special. As you, you say it's mathematically hard. However, well, no, they, they could. Now, however, now, making the ACC championship game is something different than backdooring into the Orange Bowl. Because if Florida State closes out, wins out, makes mm-hmm. the playoff, mm-hmm. then the highest ranked, the next highest ranked ACC team makes the Orange Bowl. There we go. And if Louisville were to get embarrassed by Florida State in the ACC championship game, well, right now we have Louisville at 10, Carolina at 20. It's not implausible uh, that Carolina could, ult- okay. if Carolina wins out, they could ultimately be ranked ahead of Louisville. And for the second time in Mac Brown's tenure, backdoor themselves into an Orange Bowl spot. Let's go. I'm hype about that. Oh, one other college football note before we get out of here. Speaking of Clemson, I saw this and I thought of you. This is from Clemson Insider. They did a little aggregation yes. here. Will Shipley trying to focus on the here and now. When he was asked about returning to Clemson, he said, quote, great question. That you that's always the tell. <laughs> when the first thing they say after your question oh, is great question. Great question. It's the Kevin mm, Keats loves that. He does love great that. Great question. Great question. I think I've been trying to stay in the present as much as I can, especially with just how the season has gone with what Coach Swinney preaches to us every day, just being in the now. But I've definitely thought a little bit about it. It's something that is inevitable, just the opportunities that are there after the season. But I haven't put enough thought into it, so I wouldn't be able to give you an answer right now. Bro, dear pack of wolves, dear savage wolves, bring the wolf blood home can you explain the shipley thing again will shipley is from weddington north carolina he has 24 family members who graduated from nc state that's wild joe you could go through your family tree and my family tree and not find 24 college graduates let alone from the same school yeah you're right yeah are you kidding me that is ridiculous his whole family and this is where the the cursed 2019 season comes into effect. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, 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 definitely a cursed game because that was the night. That was the Chris Fowler first quarter. I've seen people leave at halftime before. I was there for that game, but I've never seen people leave after the first quarter. That was one of the coldest Novembers <laughs> on record. That's when that I believe that was Will Shipley's official visit to <laughs> NC State, and he was like, uh, "Guys, no. like my whole family went here." I'm but good. I can't do it. Peace also, out. Des Kitchings was the one who recruited him. And yeah. then after 2019, Des Kitchings wasn't there. These things happen. All right. That happens. And he ends up, and, and, you know, Carolina will sit here and tell you, or Notre Dame will sit here and tell you, oh, no, if he wasn't going to Clemson, he was going to go to Carolina or Notre Dame. And it's like, guys, 
listen, you, you can have 24 family members who go to NC State and explain to them, hey, I really want to try to win an ACC title and, and, a, and a national championship. And I think I could do that at Clemson. Every state fan in your family would be like, every state fan in your family would be like, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. That's that's cool. That's fine. Respect, I understand. man. Respect. UNC. But UNC. Mm, no, sir. No, no, that would not be. That would not go. Notre Dame? Yeah, maybe. I get it. Yeah. Notre but, Dame, I get. But he wouldn't be, he would not have been the central focus of their offense no. the way that well, he has pro- been at Clemson. And so. the problem is this year, again, injuries. Yeah. Um, but if Mafa, Phil Mafa has come all along just yes. fine. And that could be why, as you say, it might be time. Bring the wolf blood home, man. Might be time. Uh, as a, the theme of the day, we are celebrating 100 podcast episodes. Uh, some quick numbers because we do preach transparency. Yes. We do preach transparency on this podcast. Uh, so people are curious. And you know I love our numbers. Well, the, the, first, thing to, love numbers, the first thing to get to is people continue to ask, like, well, what can we do? Well, how can we help? The first thing you, you can do to help us is to frequent our sponsors. So, if, And thank you, everyone who already... Has. Yes. So if, that's been huge. If you frequent Butcher's Market, tell them, hey, man, love the podcast. Love that you guys sponsor the podcast. That's why I come here. If you're thinking about insurance, well, that's why you hit up Matt Davis over at State Farm. If you are thinking, if you're a small to medium business, well, oh. you know, frequent, <laughs> frequent, uh, 100, frequent <laughs> copiers plus. Like, you know, go buy pizza from Anthony like, and tell them, hey, yeah. we appreciate you sponsoring the podcast. And, and people have. And people That's have. been the best part. So continue to do that. We appreciate that. And then there's the algorithm game. You know, if you are a YouTube watcher, hey, man, every time you watch it, hit the like. And leave a comment. Because we're getting better about being in the comments. You and I are both trained to yes. ignore comments. But, but now, not now. We don't have to. We're in it. We can, we can look at the comments. It's all good. So check out the comments. And we'll hang out there from time to time. All those things help out. If you're a podcast listener, if you haven't rated us five stars, please. I hate begging. I really do. But please, it helps. And if you want to leave a review, like I've said a lot of we're times. asking. We're not exactly begging. If you read, if you read, if <laughs> we leave a review, if, if you leave a review, I typically screen grab it and put it out mm-hmm. there on social media. We appreciate those types of things. So all those things go and help. And this is also a process for me because I've spent so long in one form of, of audio that I have to retrain my brain about what is successful and audiences and things like that. And for the most part, our podcast has been doing really, really well. Uh, we're approaching 400,000 downloads. Now, downloads don't necessarily mean everything. That's a, that's a raw number. But the one thing that I truly look at and I'm happy about is the completion rate. Like how often do people start a podcast and then listen to the majority of it? Somewhat like 90% of it. And a good chunk of you do. So that's really awesome. And that helps us out immensely with what we're trying to do. Um, so between podcasts, which are probably getting around... 35 to 4,000 downloads per episode on top of the 1,000, 1,500 for what we get on YouTube on a, on a full episode. Um, we're doing pretty well. I mean, typically, the, the the train of thought is with podcast, if you're getting around 1,200 oh, downloads. We've made it past 400,000. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said we were approaching. Oh, did I say approaching? My yeah. bad. We're past it. I just it. looked. 406. My bad. 496. Not 69. That would have been nice. So we we surpassed nice. Anyway, as I was Four saying, six is James's birthday. As I was, as I was saying, <laughs> hundred proof, <laughs> right? It's it's starting to kick in, isn't it? As I was saying, as we've been drinking this Colonel Taylor during the show today at eight fifty four in the morning, the um, where was I? 
Uh, interrupted you because I was excited that we made it. it was like it was at like three hundred and seventy thousand earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for us to be over four hundred thousand, that puts us in the top five percent of all podcasts. Oh, that's where I was. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not sports podcasts. No, yeah, all, all podcasts. podcasts. Typically, you look at the rule of thumb is if you have around twelve hundred to fifteen hundred downloads in the first seven days of an episode, that puts you in the top five percent of all podcasts, and that's the important thing to know about podcasts. Usually it's the top 1% you hear about. Sure. You know, like the one, the, you know, we're not the, there yet. We're not there. And we're never going to be there. Probably not. We're never going to be in the top 1%, but we're not trying but to top be. But top 5% I'll take. We're not all, trying again, to be. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Yes. All podcasts. Yes. Not sports podcasts. All podcasts. Not triangle podcasts. Not shows in Garner. Not shows in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. All podcasts out of this little studio here. Mm-hmm. Don't pour out the bottle. Drink the bottle because we need bottle? to celebrate. You want me to drink? You want to drink straight out of the bottle? Well, no, no, no I'm saying do... let's not pour it out because nothing's okay. dying here. Maybe we're thriving. Maybe I'll do that at the end of the show. Maybe I'll do that at the end of the no, show. Don't hurt yourself. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, so th- those are some of the numbers that are going on right now. Like I said, uh, one thing that bothers me about the business sometimes that people tend to be super, super secretive about sure data and numbers and everything else. We got nothing to hide here. So those are the numbers. It's doing really, really well for. What is a local sports podcast? Hyperlocal. The numbers are very, very good. So and we appreciate. We appreciate everybody helping out. We appreciate Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovi's and Julio. Check them out, myhtr.com. They got a really, really simple website, buying, selling, mortgage calculator, and most importantly, Joe, brokers that can put you front and center for a lot of new homes. These are these are new construction homes that are really taking off right now. And Hometown Realty can help you out there. I feel like you never should have showed me how to actually work StreamYard because Why? now I'm like, I feel like oh, I, I, I have thought about the fact that we often mention this website, but we never show it. Yeah, we can now. And now look, look at that toggle, right? I'm not lying to you. I didn't make this up. <laughs> Why would you? The toggle right in the middle. Buy, sell. We're talking about a family of brokers, experts from here to the coast, six locations, more than 250 agents. And I'll put my little mouse on it right there. The mortgage calculator. Use the experts. Protect your number one investment. Go with the experts. Don't go. Don't fall for any stupid guaranteed offers. Go with Hometown Realty. And again, look how simple that and great and clean that website is. It's a great website. It's myhtr.com. I love that. I love that. Also, big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. I did not have any traffic violations on my way back from Detroit or on my way to Detroit. So I don't need to hit them up. But maybe you did, and you have to work that Not, out. Nothing new this week. So Let's that, go. That's Joe. good. That's Let's good. Go. Very excited about that. Um, yeah. No, if you're closing on a on the on the home, mm-hmm. maybe you're selling a business. You maybe got some family law issues. Wh dot lawyer doesn't get any easier than that. If they're smart enough to come up with the world's greatest URL, they're smart enough to help you with all of your law needs here in Raleigh. So wh dot lawyer. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline, very, very excited to talk to Mark Godfrey, former NC State head basketball coach, now a podcaster like us, one of us, one of us. Let's go, Mark. You're back. You're in the game. I love it. How's it going? It's going great. I had Doug Gottlieb from Fox Sports on, and he told me, he said, don't, don't try to hide, Mark. You're now part of the media. He said, just admit it. He said, you're, just admit it. You're part of it. So I'm in the group. 
Well, you were you you had some time in the media before you uh, you came to NC State, the the break glass in case of emergency, and you t- you talked about what you learned. You talked about what you learned during that time in the media when you got to NC State. So now I'm curious that you stepped away and you're doing this thing again. Uh, what have you learned about college basketball from like the five thousand foot view? Well, first of all, what I've learned about the media when I was working for ESPN, I didn't apply any of it because I used to get frustrated at your partner right there. So all of the lessons I learned, I threw them out the window uh, when I got back in coaching. But, uh, no, this has been fun. I've had a great time with my podcast. It's gained a lot of traction. There's a lot of uh, – I got a lot of people around the country and other places checking in. So, uh, And you know what? It's been kind of uh, – it's good because uh, there's always a story to tell. You know, everybody has a story that, you know, kind of their journey. And like Jim Beheim was fantastic. Cedric, the entertainer, his story's just just ridiculously crazy cool. And so anyway, I've enjoyed uh, all these guys and gals that I've had on. It's been really fun. Mark Godfrey, the Front Row Podcast is the name. you got to promote, Coach. Come on, man. I know. Always be hustling. Come on. The grind never stops. It's like recruiting. You can't stop. Come on. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's on Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube. It's all there. You can find it. www.coachmarkgodfrey.com. So there's my there's my pitch. Perfect. Perfect. I, I saw the Bayheim clip that you had posted. And I couldn't help but picture you in a in a meeting room with Jim Bayheim and Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky and, and Rick Patino and and listening to Bayheim's answer about you had asked the question about, you know, Hey, maybe if we had just, you know, shared some of this money with the players while we had a chance, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be in this situation where NIL is kind of running right. a little bit uncontrolled yeah. in college basketball. I thought yeah. his answer was illuminating and I could also see you potentially rolling your eyes or, or thinking back to being in one of these meetings with these older coaches and thinking, yeah. guys, what is this backwards thinking? What are we yeah. doing? Like right. Jim Mayheim's out here in retirement telling us about meal money. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Come on, man. Right. Well, it's interesting. uh, And we did talk about it. He and I have actually talked about it before. I've actually talked about a lot of coaches around the country who are, you know, it's part of the game. Now you got to do it. It's uh, the NIL money's there. It's not going away. Uh, Pandora's box has been open. And on, on one hand, you know, Joe, it's a great thing for kids. Um, The unintended consequences of it though, probably aren't great. You know, we all understand that, you know, Bryce Young at Alabama, if Dr. Pepper wants to put him on a national commercial, we get it. You know, he's his name, image and likeness is worth that to, to Dr. Pepper. But what the frustrating thing for coaches right now, I think, in football and basketball especially, is now every kid, everyone, is expecting money through NIL. Uh, whether their name, image, and likeness could potentially sell anything or not. They just, you know, it's about I need to get paid. And at the same time, then the NCAA added in uh, the portal. And so the combination of the two together make it uh, a little bit of the wild, wild west. It's a little chaotic, I think, right now. Until they put some guardrails up, it'll be interesting. Is there a part of you that says you would have excelled in this world? Probably. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that uh, here's what's happening. Younger coaches – the older coaches are struggling. A lot of older guys are struggling. You know, they they can see the, you know, the way it was 30 years ago and 40 years ago and, and kind of that pureness of college athletics. I think the younger generation, they're rolling right through it. They're, they're good. And, uh, and the key now is going to be to watch and see uh, 
what kind of, like I mentioned the word guardrails, you know, what kind of comes up that kind of keeps it in check? In other words, think about this. Think in the NBA or NFL, you sign a pro contract. Let's say you get a three-year contract. It's for $10 million and it's whatever per year. And you're bound to that contract. That's part of the contract. And the whole world knows the contract. We all know it. We all know the number. What's happening with NIL right now is there's really no, it's kind of, uh, it can change. In other words, you could have a player uh, walk in your office or, you know, maybe their coach or uncle or parent or somebody says, hey, you know, there's, you know, we're looking for some NIL money. Uh, and the NIL, like the collective or whatever it may be, they might come up with some money and say, okay, for these five speaking engagements, you get $100,000 or something. Well, that guy can change his mind mid-year and say, I want more. I, I need more money. I'm going to transfer. I'm going to portal because somebody else offered me more. So even though it's a good thing, I like the fact that kids can do that. I think they got, we got it at some point, college athletes, you have to, you have to have some uh, guardrails and some regulations to it. Otherwise I think it just is, it's just a mess. Mark Godfrey hanging out with us on the Heaster automotive hotline. Okay. I think you're far enough removed now that we don't have to bullshit anymore uh, when it comes to this stuff. And you talk about guardrails, but what were the guardrails before? You, know, you, you hang around college basketball long enough, you hear about, oh, well, this guy got X to play here, or they took care of the parent. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, we, we could be honest what, about what happened at NC State while you were there. So why even bother with guardrails at this point? Well, I mean, what's the what, what's well, the Well, I think, I think when, you know, obviously the NCAA, there's rules and there's punishment for rules and, you know, all I've been punished. And, that's all out there. Everything's legal now. I understand. But I think what happens is uh, – even in a professional setting when guys can make money, mm-hmm. uh, you still have a contract that's binding of some sort. I don't think there's much anything that's binding right now. And so I just think in the long run that I don't know that that's healthy. That's just maybe the way I'd say it. I, I like I, I like the fact that kids have a chance to make money. I do. I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm all for it, 100%. I don't like what it's doing to programs with the fact that, in other words, uh, you know, if I was recruiting you two guys and all of a sudden Joe says, Hey, uh, you know, uh, I got this NIL deal and they're going to, they're going to get me 200 grand. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, it may be true. may not be true. Hell, it might give you two grand. Hell, but he just said 200. He's going to up the ante. Now, if you're on the other side, if I'm the parent of a, of a recruit or the coach or whomever, well, I'm going to play this bad boy up all I can. And I'm going to, I'm going to float all kinds of numbers out there that's been offered because all that does just raise the, it just raises the game. So there's not, there's no transparency right now, which is I think not good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think if, if they can figure out how to do that, I think all this becomes a pretty feasible and good thing to do. That sounds like making them, making the players employees and cutting them in on the money from the media rights deals. Are you pro that? You know, here's the deal on that. And Jim Beheim and I talked about this, and I've talked about it with Jay Wright and some other guys, you know, and Jay Billis. I had him on the other day. His episode will be released here about two weeks. But Jay, Jay was really good, Jay Billis. But, you know, if you think about it, Joe, you go back, and uh, I was in all of the meetings at the NABC board, our coaches association, board of directors. I was on the board, I think, for 10 years. I sat in the meetings with CBS and TNT and uh, – uh, Dan Gavitt at the um, NCAA, who runs basically runs the NCAA tournament. And when you sign a contract, if you're the NCAA and you get a contract that, that says a billion, 
I don't care if it's one year or 500 year contract. When people see that number, a billion with a B. And I think at one time that was a seven year over a seven year period. I think now it might be about a billion a year, but in the players who are playing in the tournament receive nothing. That doesn't take a rocket science to figure out real quick where the players say, hold on a minute. Now you guys just signed a contract for a billion dollars. And, and a lot of people don't understand either that billion dollar contract right now with CBS TNT, you know, for the tournament, that's only for the three week tournament. That's not the whole season. That's just a three-week tournament. Uh, they own it, the NCAA, and they weren't sharing any of the money with the student-athletes. Coaches were getting paid. I got paid a good salary. Everybody got paid well. But the players weren't getting anything. And I think at some point, if the NCAA would have – and I, I use the word arrogant, but you know I don't like the NCAA, as you guys probably figure out. But, you know, <laughs> I think, that, I think they're, they were very arrogant and very pompous. In other words, we're getting a billion – uh, the Mark Emmer's going to make $4 million a year. I've been to the NCAA headquarters too many times. It's a Taj Mahal. I mean, it's Taj Mahal now. Mm -hmm. Yet the players are struggling to get a flight home, you know, when they don't have any money. And I think therein lies the fact that that's how it all started. And the thing that's troubling, and Jay and I talked about it, Jay Billis and I talked about it, is the NCAA still isn't sharing the money. Right now, the pressure is on at NC State. The pressure is really on the boosters. You guys better figure out how to come up with some money and put in this a collective. And then we're going to have some, you know, guy, you know, sign autographs for X amount of money, whatever. But the pressure now is on the boosters. So the NCAA still didn't share their money. They kept it all. And I think that's the travesty of this whole NIL deal. I think at some point, TV money and the money they're making throughout the league, uh, ACC Network, SEC Network, Big Ten Network. It's all going to have to get shared with the student-athlete. I think that's where it's going to head to. You said uh, you're not a big fan of the NCAA. <laughs> Did it? Now that we've seen a lot that has come out since the uh, the FBI case, yep. a lot of that, like, did you watch that in a similar way, the HBO special? or yeah, Obviously, you lived through it, but did you watch some of the HBO special and think, what the hell was this all about? Because, you know, they stood up there and said, we had your playbook. And ultimately, what what came of this? Because even your punishment, now that I'm reading up on it, was from the pandemic and recruiting during, quote unquote, dead periods. So what actually became of all of this other than a lot of money was spent on lawyers all the way around? Mm -hmm. You nailed it. You know, and nailed it. his job. I'm sorry. So my pet well, theory is that it was a Kentucky fan who wanted to get rid of Patino <laughs> at Louisville. That's my only. That's the only thing I can come up with. Well, the the tricky thing is if you look at uh, a lot of guys that went through that and programs that went through that. Here, here's the here's the bottom line on all. That. I think you're 100 right, Joe. Okay. The bottom line is I say this all the time. That, by the way, I you never you that. never say that. I say what's that. You just said you're 100% right, Joe. I'm just going to clip that part. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, come on. <laughs> what, uh, hey, Joe, what? Time, time, time heals wounds. You know that. Time heals all wounds. Uh, <laughs> Gary Tarkanian, in his uh, infinite wisdom back in probably the 80s or early 90s, had the greatest, the most truest quote there ever was. He said the NCAA will, will investigate Kentucky and they'll decide to put Cleveland State on probation. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind what he said and why it's true is that the schools that have money, 
and are willing to spend the money to defend themselves. North Carolina basketball, academic scandal. Who knows what that final bill was? NC State, Kansas, Louisville, you can go through all of them. But, you know, Alabama football. Uh, but schools, a lot of times, that don't have those resources. Cal State Northridge, where I ended up at. We had two guys come on campus during the COVID dead period. And we made a mistake. I'm, I'm one of those guys now. I'm not going to try to blame everybody else. I shook their hands, met with them, hung out with them at, at, during a dead period, as did a bunch of other guys in the country, but it still was against the rules. But the NCAA, it's the Jerry Tarkanian thing. You know, we're going to investigate Kansas and NC State and Louisville and Arizona State football, but we're going to put, you know, that little school on probation. And I've always said a lot of times the NCAA, they're like the, the bully on the playground. Uh you know, they like to pick on the kid over there, you know, riding a merry-go-round that's kind of chubby in glasses and has pencils in his shirt pocket. But that big dude over there in the fourth grade that, that kind of might kick their behind, we ain't mess with that guy. Uh, we'll just pick on the old little guy over here. And um, I think Tark was, was true. I think he had it right. And unfortunately, um, when schools, you can go through all those schools that went through the FBI, when schools have the resources to stand up and fight with a strong legal team uh, against whatever it is that's been accused of, they have a chance. They got a chance. I mean, isn't that so what happened? That's what isn't that what happened with Braxton Beverly? It was he's not going to play. He's not going to play. Lawyers get involved, and suddenly he's eligible. All the time, it happens all the time. And uh, so I'm not a fan. I, I don't know at some point if the NCAA survives. I think conference realignment right now and. The NIL and the portal, I, I just don't know, you know, right now what happens to them. Jay Billis and I talked about it. He made a great, great uh, point on uh, on my podcast in that, you know, years and years ago, we would have never imagined UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten or, you know, you go back at some different things throughout, throughout conferences and it, it does change. Sometimes we think it'll never change, but it does change. And it could be at some point that we see a different model uh, as far as the NCAA goes. Coach Wooden probably would have had a problem trying to beat his alma mater in Purdue in, in a conference game. So we'll, we'll have to think about that. <laughs> we'll It'll, see. It, Mark Gottfried, the Front Row Podcast is the name of his podcast. Joining us here on the OGR 100th episode, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Do me a favor, get off of Keister, head down to Heaster. Mark, it'll be seven years in March. And now you don't miss me. We get that. We get that part. Which I want to get to that in a second. But, but what, yeah. what do you miss about NC State? Well, I loved NC State. I loved it with all my heart. I, I was hoping I would be there forever. Uh, that was my place that I felt like uh, I could retire at. I loved Raleigh. Uh, the people were fantastic. The fans were amazing. Uh, you know, if you go back and think about it, those first four years, and you got to put everything in context because, you know, I remember walking into that press conference, taking the job, and, uh, you know, Debbie was a little bit under fire for, you know, kind of people felt like she was kind of bumbling the search and uh, Sydney had struggled there. And uh, so, you know, we come in there and it's basically the same roster that they had the year before. You know, we're in the Sweet 16 the first year and, you know, those first four years were pretty good. And, uh, you know, we struggled the fifth one, obviously, and then into the sixth. But that happens in sports. And so, you know, I was really uh, – disappointed and shocked a little bit 
I wanted to be there forever. I, I thought, uh, you know, we could compete against uh, in the triangle with those guys. I never backed down from them, never was going to back down from them. And uh, so that was a, it was a tough one. It's a t- it is a tough neighborhood. And but anyway, I loved it and it didn't work out. But at the same time, I look back at it, I'm not one of these guys that walks around every day pouting and moping and, you know, uh, woe is me, life sucks kind of guy. You know, I, I look back and I say it was a unbelievable experience. It was phenomenal. Uh, I have great, great, great memories. I stay in touch with most all those guys, the players. They were fantastic for me. And uh, so anyway, overall, it was a great experience. Now that you have some room to, you look back at the year with Dennis and obviously everything that happened there, but what what memories do you have of that year with him, Smith? Well, you know, it was a tough year. Uh, I, I really love Dennis, still do. He and I stay in touch pretty regularly. And, uh, you know, people re- have to remember, too, he was a freshman. And not only was he a freshman, he didn't play as a senior in high school. And so there was a growing period for him, too, that, you know, nobody would have a lot of grace for that. And, uh, you know, we were dealing with some other issues at the time. You know, BJ was struggling with his weight and he was not probably as good as he might have could have been as a freshman or sophomore. And anyway, there was a lot going on with that team. But when you look back, you know, teams go through that sometimes, you know, there, there's there's high moments and. You know, we're cheering one year with the in the Sweet 16, and we almost beat Kansas and go to the to the Elite Eight. And then a couple years later, you're you're going through maybe a, a struggling period. So that's part of it. But you know, I wish that team would have would have been better. Uh, there's no question. Um, but when you play a lot of young guys, sometimes and I did it at Alabama one year. I remember at Alabama we had a team full of young players, and you know, we could beat Kentucky, who I think was ranked like fifth in the country. Then we turn around and play Ole Miss and get beat by 28. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, what in the world? But that happens sometimes. You have so many young guys. And I think that last year we probably had some of that going on. So, so was Jillio paying the ass the entire time? I don't believe that. Not the entire time. Well, not the entire time. Most of the time, actually. But uh, I had great respect for him. But he did like to get under my skin, as you guys know. That's well, hold name. on. Hold on a second, though. Like, <laughs> how, how was it now, having worked with Joe for a <laughs> very long time? Uh, it was uh, great. Uh, Go ahead. When you say when you say get under the skin, is it the yellow pad? Is it a pointed question when you're not in the mood to be dealing with a pointed question after a game? I'm always curious hey. the dynamic between a beat writer and a head coach. Hey, you ever heard that term? The guy pokes the bear. That was Joe. He likes to poke the bear, yeah. Especially at Boston College. He knows after the game at Boston College, and I was pretty grumpy that night, and he just <laughs> poked me just right, and so. You know, he, he got me that night. You won that, that night. The, that was the we got better tonight. <laughs> That was that quote, right? Yeah, but I also said I didn't really give a shit what anybody else thought. You know, the truth about it, which the reality is, if, if and you know this, Joe, most coaches, honestly, if they're honest, they're really honest. That's what they feel. That's what yeah. they're thinking. I don't really get why, why would I give it? I can't I can't worry myself with what everybody, in the, you know, the guy sitting in row 77 seat G4. I don't what I care what he thinks for. I mean, I, I, I love him, but. I got to get my team right. I got to coach my team. And and I, my audience is those 12 or 13 guys in a locker room. That's it. Yeah, and but so, look, that guy, that guy in that row might have a lot of money with the NIL. Cause that's the other thing too. Right? Not only you got to yeah. deal with parents, you got to deal with guys who are giving money to the program who are like, wait a minute, you asked me to, cause, cause let's, let's, let's move this forward. Let's say you were still coaching at NC state and you go to a booster because NIL is a factor. I need X to secure this guy plan for my team. You want to get better. And let's say that guy doesn't pan out or he feels you're not doing a good yeah. job coaching that. You do have to deal with that guy in that row at some point. 
I think now more than ever. Now, keep in mind, uh, part of the NIL coaches. How about this one? This is a great uh, move by the NCAA. They're not supposed to be involved in the NIL. Now, uh-huh, let's all have uh-huh, a conversation sure. about how actual, how realistic that is. That, right. You know, I'm recruiting a guy or we've recruited a player and that player or family has heard there's another guy in the locker room over there, two seats over from you that got a hundred grand and, and you got five. Mm-hmm. So at some point, who are they going to come ask? It's going to be the assistant coach or the head coach and they're going to figure it out. And they're going to, so the fact that the NCAA said, you know, coaches can't be involved in that. It's, it's, it's a typical, you want to laugh at it. Like what? Come on. You can't, you can't not be a part of it. It's just part of the game. So to your point nowadays, probably is true. That guy in row 77, he drops half a million dollars down there and he, and you probably need to listen to that guy, maybe a little more than you had to in the past. For the record, uh, I was not trying to get you that night in Boston <laughs> college. I mean, now that I have you back, I mean, I will still fight you to this day over the Martin twins, but I was, I wasn't even mad that night in Boston Wait, well, college. Hold on, hold on. Well, what's the issue with the Martin twins context? We, here. we had a conversation. Mark and I had a conversation. He might not remember this. We were at the Dale Center. We were on the court after practice because I had learned that the twins were leaving. And Mark was like, what am I supposed to do? I give him all these minutes. They're going to, they're like, I, you know, one wasn't as good as the other. I, I took them both. This, we had a whole conversation. And I, I told you they would come back and they would, and I said Marshall. They ended up at Nevada, but I said they're going to end up in, this, in the Elite Eight. They're going to have a team. They are going to, and I'll just say it, they're going to motherfuck somebody in the NCAA tournament. And sure enough, they did. And so I said all these years later, Mark's problem at NC State wasn't any of these other issues with Dennis Smith or anything. Is that, mm-hmm. It was the twins. It's letting my twins go. Well, let me just say this. I love them both. I think they were good players. They're great kids. They're all that. I, I get, I, I'm, I'm with you on all that. You know, I'm needling you right now. Seven I know you ago. are needling me. That's, 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 right. that's why, that's why, Joe, you're the best. But anyway. <laughs> What you and others don't understand, and coaches get this. Coaches will know what I'm saying right now. They're gonna, they're gonna. They're, if any coaches are gonna listen to this, they're gonna, they're gonna nod their head just like All right. this. All right. Most of the time, people, they really don't know the whole story. There's always another story back there somewhere, somehow. And sometimes on the periphery, it's easy to look at something and say, "Yeah, you know, he should do this." But you don't know, and people don't know. Sometimes the conversations or what's being asked of in the in the you know in the back part of it. So there are times when things like that happen. It happens all the time, you know. Especially now, guys are popping around, leaving schools left and right. But there's usually another story, and uh, sometimes we don't. You know, I can sit on my couch. I watch. You know, I'm a big NFL. I love the Dodgers. I'll go to Dodgers games and. Yeah, I think I know what Dave Roberts should be doing from the Dodgers. I just know he should not. How can they let Corey Seager go? How can they let Cody Bellinger go? What in the heck are they thinking? You know, that, that that's a disaster. But I don't really know that. I don't know the conversations their agents are having or I don't know. So that's all I'm going to say about the Martins. I love them. I'm happy for them. Proud of them. They've, they've done so, so well. So it's all good. So I, I am curious. We squared that one. See, uh, this is what I was. This is what I was working towards. I wanted to get some some level of closure on this. I need closure for myself, Coach. Were you actively needling Coach K at PNC Arena when you slapped him on the ass in the uh, handshake line? <laughs> the, butt slap. the butt slap hurt around the world, or was that just something that overcame you in the moment? And you're like, man, I'm, I don't care if he's a Hall of Famer. I'm slapping this guy's ass. 
I, I, it was just in the moment. That was not a planned thing. And uh, I was excited. We won and beat them, obviously. I liked beating Duke, by the way. That was a yeah. lot of fun. And beating Carolina was a lot of fun, too. And uh, so, no, that just happened that night. That was a great night. And uh, I, I know it went viral. People had the video of it. And, uh, you know, so did just coach, one of those things that happened, you know. I, yeah, did, I coach Kay, I did Coach K ever, did he ever, like, say, hey, man, come on. No, no. And uh, he, he and I, it was always interesting because, you know, he recruited me in high school. I, I took an official visit there. I was in the class with uh, Billis and Allery and, and uh, Johnny Dawkins and Henderson. And and I ate breakfast at his house with his wife on Sunday morning um, as a high school senior. And so I was always kind of anticipating a closer relationship with him. But we just we just never had that. Hmm. OK, who would you had Bayheim on the podcast? I would not have come up with that, by the way. Um who wouldn't you have on from the ACC from your time? Um, well, you guys, some guys probably won't go on with me. You got to understand. Okay. They may not okay. like me at all, but all things being equal, I would, I would have anybody on there. You know, I, I really uh, grew to have great respect for Roy. I, I really, really enjoyed um, coaching against him. And then also, you know, we cross paths all the time with recruiting and meetings and we're in Charlotte and ACC meetings or TV, whatever. He, he was always phenomenal with me. Uh, most everybody in the league, uh, Jim Laranega, Leonard, I was close with Leonard, Hamilton, uh, Tony Bennett. I mean, pretty much everybody. I didn't really have too many issues. They probably had issues with me, but I didn't have too many with them. I have a request since we're getting close to that time of the year as well. Can we get Carl Hess or Brian Dorsey on? Ooh, that, that would be interesting right that, there. Carl, Carl Hess would be that, that. I don't know if that's how it will happen. That's probably not going to happen. But I mean, you got to you got to ask. The, you know, you got to ask. ask right? it, might, it, might, it might be fun. I've kind of turned the page a little bit on that, guys. I've, I've, I've right, turned but the page. That's, but that's the point. You guys can joke but about can, it. Like, hey, man, <laughs> let's like let's 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 go back to that time at Reynolds, right? Well, I I thought he was completely out of line. Uh, uh, he knew it. I knew it. Uh, I had a talk uh, that night after the game with. Uh, uh, John Guthrie Lockerty. or um, Lagerty, which yeah. which really kind of even irked me more because uh, I guess uh, at halftime uh, Lagerty went in the locker room and said Carl. I mean, it was a, I think it was like a minute and ten into the game. I mean, it's and uh, it was his first game back. It's in Reynolds. He hadn't he hadn't refed one of our games I think in two years, mm -hmm. and uh, he zings me pretty hard there to start the game. And Lagerty uh, told me. I asked him at halftime, uh, Carl, why did you do that? And he said, because I wanted to, period. And I said, well, hold on, John. Now, if, I'm the, if I'm the supervisor and I'm not, it's always easy to do somebody else's job. You know, I'd have suspended that guy or something right then, as soon as the game ends. That's out of line. You know, you, you've now brought a per, something personal back into the game. So, anyway, that was a, you know, uh, referees have a hard job. And uh, most of the guys that have all refereed, I, I've got great, great friends who, who, who were officials. But we got cross-haired, he and I, and uh, that night was a, that was a tough one. That was, a, that was tough. That would, be, that would be a fun podcast interview. My, my only request would be for you and, uh, and Herb Sendek to chop it up and talk about your times, your respective times at NC State. Because Herb's never coming on with us. This is why I respect you. You'll actually well, come You'll shoot the shit. Uh, Herb's never coming on with us ever. Well, I, I know Herb well. Actually, he and I have actually talked about our times in NC State. <laughs> Let's privately. make this a podcast. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, that might be a good one for me. So we'll see. We got you, got man.
Uh, but before you leave us, though, we do need a, uh, a patented. I ask a question and you give it the uh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> hey, just make sure the popcorn's popping on this show, because when the popcorn's popping, we all play a little better. We all step our game up. That's all. We know that. <laughs> we'll close on that. Coach, appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you very much. There's a plane waiting for you in Raleigh. You got it, buddy. Thank you. I almost feel like I almost feel like Godfrey helped me make my point from yesterday's show related to officiating at the youth level. You know, like Carl Hess, like I wanted to do it. Yeah. Much like that hockey yeah. uh, official in a tournament. Just like, yeah, man, I just felt like sending a bunch of kids to the, uh, to the penalty box. See, help me help me make my point. Good to catch up with the It was good to catch up with the guy, man. I feel like we could do like a whole mini series with the guy, man. There, yeah. There's there's a lot of fertile ground there. Yeah, maybe that's something we can do next summer. Never maybe. know. Maybe. Never know if we have time. Requires effort. Speaking of time and effort, uh, it doesn't take a lot of time and effort to save money, which is why you need to contact Matt Davis over at State Farm and Garner. InsureGarner.com is the website. You can give him a call directly at 919-779-8277. 100 years, 100 episodes. Talk about great billboards, though. What if you really want to talk to a person? Yes, I actually do want to talk to a person, and I actually want to save money. Home, life, auto, you name it, all of your insurance needs. So give Matt a call, 919-779-8277. Be like Troy. Save more than 40% on your insurance needs. Uh, Matt's also going to help us uh, give away some tickets, too. Yeah, here's what you need to do. Give him a call, get a quote. Okay, send us that quote from, from Matt Davis and State Farm. or if you already are a customer and have a five-star review, set, leave that five-star review. Send us the five-star review. You'll be entered for a random drawing to win Matt's tickets. Matt mm-hmm. has season tickets to Duke basketball. Play Southern Indiana on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Or if you're not a Duke fan or if you don't want to go to Cameron, which I, I suspect there are a lot of people out there who there haven't like, been to Cameron yeah, it's an and would like man. to go to the game and, and have that experience. Yes. I, I fully expect someone to choose that option. Maybe you're a diehard Kaniac. Matt also has Canes tickets. So we have, we'll have tickets to the Canes Lightning again that Friday mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. Matt reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, I, I have both of these tickets and I can't be in two places at once. So, let's do so it. maybe I, you can help me and I can help you. And we'll do the you know five-star review. Again, leave a five-star review or call and get a quote or email and get a quote. All you have to do is send us either a screen grab of either one of those. Mm-hmm. You'll be entered for a chance to win either sets of those tickets. Also, thanks to Homefield. Check them out online at homefieldapparel.com. I figured out my dad's uh, bomber jacket size. He's an extra large. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so we can talk about this. Okay. So we can get that Miami. Uh, I already ordered it yesterday, so I'm not sure what size I ordered. Did you go extra, extra large or extra large? Because I think I initially said extra, extra large. And it's a jacket. It's a jacket. He's going to wear it over some stuff, too. He wears it over say, jerseys. If he wears it over, I'm not worried. It should be I'm fine. Not I'm not worried about it either. Plus, my dad, I don't think he can button an extra large. Because he's hiding well, a basketball down let's, there. Let's not um, speak derogatory. No, no, no. I need my dad Fernando to. My, I need my here. dad at seventy to start thinking about you know. Oh, maybe you're, not you're motivating him. Maybe not drink an entire bottle of wine a night. You know, I'm just saying. No, you know, I, was, I love I my was dad. Told that was good for you. I love my dad. I'd like, I'd like or is to, it a glass? I would like for him to stick around. It's a, it's glass, a glass, not a full <laughs> bottle. I get he's retired. I called him <laughs> the other day, and I'm supposed to have dinner with him on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I called him. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and he's oh, I'm just you know smoking a cigar. At two o'clock in the afternoon because he can't. But then again, right. I'm drinking Colonel Taylor out of an old glass. Okay. Thanks for your order. You tell him it, it was not intentional, but it is a double X. It's fine. 
I, actually, I think it's going to work out just fine. Your uh, Christmas gift from the OG Media Company is in there as well. Ooh, I'm very excited about that. Very excited about yeah. that. If you're looking at Christmas gifts, again, go to homefieldapparel.com. Also, do, do you want me to give it away? No, I like to be surprised. Also, uh, no. Now, sur- now that I know how to use things, on the- no surprises. <laughs> you're going to take it, away my controls, aren't you? No surprises <laughs> when it comes to transportation. You don't no. want surprises when it comes to transportation. You want to get to the place when you want to get to the place on time. You don't want to find yourself scrambling to get from somewhere, too. That's where Sleek Fleet comes into play. As somebody who has goofed around with Uber and all that kind of stuff, I've seen Sleek Fleet in action. It is not the same, man. It is legit. Well, it's hyper-focused on you, number one. Yes. You're not worried about, oh, I got to go pick up... uh, Sam on the side of the road. No, 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 no. This is yours. Sleek-fleet.com. Tyler does an amazing job. You know my number one thing with Tyler, Joe? This is what we use for the OG tailgate, getting our winners to and from the arena. He knows how to get in and out of there. Mm-hmm. And even you might even think, oh, I could just drop my kid off for a concert. No, dude, that's No, key. you can't. You can't. No, that's you key. can't. And by the way, parking is such. Hey, or maybe, as I like to say, Maybe you want to go check out Oakwood Pizza Box on a Friday night. Maybe you want to come downtown. Maybe you don't want to park and all the hassle that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Go to sleek-fleet.com. Says it right there. Ditch your average ride share. Tyler does a great job. I'm, I guarantee you, you will be ecstatic with his service, especially around the holidays now mm-hmm. too. Airport runs. They, they cover it all. Sleek-fleet.com. So yesterday we spent some time talking about Frank Wright, his press conference, how things don't look like they're developing for Bryce Young. And shouts to the people on Twitter who are like, are those real answers or are those like AI answers that he's punched in thinking this is what a coach is supposed to say? I mean, it's entirely possible (laughs) that he's a deep fake. And I don't know. I mean, (laughs) no, we see him in person. Have we? Are we sure that's not a a stunt double for uh, for the man? So it's funny. We already had our dark web segment. Here's uh, for instance, here's Mr. Marshall uh, who went on uh, social media and pointed this out. Forget presidential aging. Let's talk about Panthers head coach aging. Like this is the Tepper effect. Look at that man at was he? Well, here's the question. Was he dying his hair without us knowing he could have been painting his head? No, I no. I will say this as someone who has some of these issues. When you put product in your hair, it does make your hair look darker. Oh, okay. So, so what no happened here in, in, on the left is I he see. got a haircut and he put product in it to keep it in place. I see. Which makes it look darker. On the right. So that's not, that's not David Tepper? No. Well, okay. it, his face, though. <laughs> Boy, there is some Walter White energy going on there. My gosh. Oh, look at Brooke Pryor. No, she's there. We're, we're going to get to Brooke here in, in a second because we do have some, some breaking news that's occurred while we're recording this podcast. But I wanted to get to a report from Diana Rossini. Okay. So Diana Rossini, she used to be over at ESPN. She's at The Athletic. And this is where NFL insiders at times are doing work for agents and coaches. Sure. Okay. And that was my immediate takeaway from Diana Rossini's tweet back on November 13th. She tweeted out, Frank Reich and staff are going to try hard to get this Carolina offense off the ground. The Panthers have smart coaches who can figure this out. But let's say they can't. Let's just say they can't. You know who's, you know who knows how to coach the very best version of Bryce Young? New England's Bill O'Brien. Now, I thought Bill O'Brien was brought to 
New England to be the Alabama quarterback whisperer. That's but it, right. But it, tur- it turns out that he's not whispering at Mac Jones. He's literally yelling in his face about end of game situations and terrible throws. And of course, she had a link to an Alabama story about how Bryce Young credits Bill O'Brien for a lot of his success, of course. Sure. This is how the NFL insider sausage is made. Yes, okay. It is. But I will say this about Diana Rossini because she was on the athletics football show with Robert Mays and uh, Josh Norris at uh, Underdog Fantasy, who used to be a big Panthers uh, mm-hmm. coverage guy at Black and Blue Review, had clipped this from the show, which I think all jokes about Rossini and insider information and kind of promoting Bill O'Brien aside. I do think that this is a problem for Frank Wright. I don't think this is a situation like where we are seeing in Atlanta where the Athletic just reported that it seems that Arthur Smith is safe here and ownership is supporting what they're trying to develop into. In Carolina, the sense I'm getting there and from having multiple conversations is that there's frustration with the way this offense is performing, the development of Bryce Young, the overall effort and energy from the players and from the coaches, the way the sideline looks during the game. I had one person say or describe it to me as looking lifeless. Um, so these are all parts of this team that ownership has seen themselves. They're looking at it. They're discussing it. They're having conversations about whether or not they feel that Frank Wright is the right guy as a head coach to get the best out of Bryce Young. So I think in terms of a leash right now, I, I think it's a short one for the future of this coaching staff because the, what they thought this would look like, what they thought this would be with all these different assistants, with all these different uh, backgrounds and philosophies, what they were hoping for this to look like versus the reality that it, it, it just too far apart. And, and I think the only way this staff can keep their jobs by the end of this year will be if there's significant improvement and, and we'll just have to see if they're going to be able to put this together. It's a wrap. I said yesterday, it's a wrap for Frank, Wright Because it's very clear that he's trying to coach the team he wants rather than the coach, the team that he has. That's always a big, that's always a red flag for me when it comes to coaches and just how good of a coach you might be at the professional level. The fact that Diana Rossini is hearing from the building that there has to be quote unquote significant improvement, which is a very subjective thing to say, tells me that the wheels are already in motion. It's kind of like what's going on with Sean McDermott in Buffalo, by the way. They fired Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator yesterday. That tells me that Sean McDermott knows his job is on the line. Fun fact, because the Buffalo Bills are the literally the Carolina Panthers North. Do you know who the interim OC is? The Wonder Boy. Joe Brady, interim OC up in Buffalo. So this is this is crunch time for a lot of coaching staffs. And the fact that this is already out there for Frank Reich tells me it's done. They're going to be moving on from Frank Reich. He hasn't done anything to really give you an indication that is somebody you can believe in. And maybe they're going to get to these conclusions sooner, which I have no problems with. If you know the Frank Reich thing is done, much like we knew the Matt Rule stuff was done, don't waste people's time. Sure especially when you have a young quarterback that you cannot sink his development further. I said this last yesterday, the biggest benefit for Trevor Lawrence in year one for people to get over the whole, is he a bust was he was literally coached by urban Meyer. Now, am I kind of dogging Frank Reich by comparing him to urban Meyer (laughs) a little bit, a little bit, (laughs) but my point stands, if this is not the right development for your quarterback, you have to punt now before you do further damage and go get yourself a young coach that's going to run a dynamic offense, which is where things are headed for heaven's sake and see where you go and obviously get the right pieces too, which is why I think Scott Fitterer is also on the hot seat. And there, you might just get a complete in like in like re-rack, like a re-rack, <laughs> another re-rack, which they should have done in the first place where you have a head coach and a GM that are on the same page. Of course, David Tepper also has to learn and be on the same page 
as well. Every conversation we have about the Panthers brought to you by Graffiti. Check them out in downtown Cary. I was at Graffiti yesterday recording the 919 Vice podcast. So they have the Colonel Taylor there. They do have the Colonel Taylor there. And you can get it at cost on certain nights. And of course, they got bourbon specials as well. Always a big fan of Graffiti. Go check them out uh, in downtown Cary. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, hanging out with us now on Ovi's and Julia. Welcome to episode 100, Brooke. How are you? Wow, episode 100. Yeah. I'm so honored. I had no idea it was such a milestone. We're just grinding, Brooke. We talked to the got man, Mark Godford, earlier. Take you back to your triangle time. Wow. That's honestly, that's a murderer's row of podcast guests today. I feel honored to be included. You, you and Mark Godfrey. All right. I, I texted you last night. And I said, so a little bit of a homework assignment because you're plugged in. Diane Orsini's talking about Bill O'Brien, like just throwing that name out there. You just don't throw that name out there for all willy nilly. So what what might be going on at Bank of America Stadium these days? I I agree with your initial assessment. If you can hear um, a ball squeak, that's because uh, Hootie is next to me. He has thoughts also on Bill O'Brien. I think that, yes, part of it is probably an agent, French, whatever. There, there's some kind of behind the scenes, the, the sausage part, the sausage being made part of the insiders and floating a name like that out there. There is, however, the fact she linked to that, that AL.com story that talked about um, Bryce Young being his best version under Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien was obviously with him in Alabama. Okay, I can kind of connect the dots there. I see where she's going. And then you couple that with what she said on the athletic podcast about how bad things are behind the scenes or how dire things are behind the scenes. And yeah, it it makes sense. However, I am not touching any any coach that has ever been an offensive coordinator or in that role for the New England Patriots right now. <laughs> they feel so incredibly radioactive. Yes. And if I'm sitting here saying, gosh, you know what I need to do is just, you know, hit the detonate button, reset my organization. Who do I want to bring in? No one from New England. How has that gone in any, in any case recently? Not well. So when I look at, and, and you know what, maybe I don't know Bryce Young. I don't know what motivates him. Maybe he enjoys being screamed at on the sideline. Um, may, maybe that's the thing that makes him want to play better. Um, it wouldn't to me. And I just, I don't know that that is the answer. I don't know that it, it doesn't always match up the college coordinator to the quarterback in the NFL. I mean, shoot. Sorry to invoke Matt Canada. Um, oh, we're but getting- he worked. Okay, great. Um, well, then I'll just go ahead and dip my toe in now. Matt Canada worked with Kenny Pickett in college, right? Like that was supposed to be part of the whole like, oh, Kenny's going to be better this year. Like they're they're going to pick right up where they left off last year. Matt has him another year. Everything's going to be awesome because like Matt's familiar with him. He recruited him at Pitt. They worked together. What did what did that have to do? Like that? What did that get you? You know, like. Mm-hmm. one of the lowest offensive outputs in the NFL. Like it's just because it worked one time does not mean it's going to work again. And yes, Bill O'Brien has obviously more NFL experience than Matt Canada in this example, but I would 
I would prefer to pair Bryce Young with an innovative offensive thinker with someone that is looking at, to your points of coach, coach his skill set, coach the team you have, not the team you want. Mm -hmm. Somebody that can take him to the next level and not coach what he has been in the past. Um, I've gone from screaming at Mike Tomlin to now just tipping my hat, drinking my brown liquor and being happy because (laughs) how are they winning football games with the anchor that is Matt Matt Canada calling your place? It's fairly amazing at this point. And I love that I was a, 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 I was on the forefront of yeah. the Matt Canada is terrible failing upwards. Um, only thanks to the Jets, Panthers, Raiders, and Giants, the Giants with poor Tommy DeVito, are the Steelers not the last ranked team in uh, yards per game. So I, I hope they have that on a board uh, up in Pittsburgh. I hope Matt Canada is excited. Mike Tomlin is literally doing this. Like this is the equivalent of, of him like, taking his manhood out of his pants and putting it on table. And it's like, see, it was, look how impressive. That hasn't happened in Pittsburgh as as far as I'm aware. I I am. I could win. I'm six and three with this guy calling my place. Like, come on. It it was a, uh, I think it was a complete, uh, like an internet slang. It was a shit post from the Dan Levitard show. Mm. But I think it, I think it was Billy who said, Mike Tomlin's a better coach than Bill Belichick straight up. Cause let's, let's take Tom Brady out of the equation. Who's done a better job you know, coaching their team year in, year out. Mike Tomlin is a better coach than Bill Belichick. And I went, at first I went, oh, that's crazy. And then you start to think about it, Brooke. What's going on here? I mean, I, yeah, not, (laughs) not to be a a Matt Canada apologist, because I know that's not going to fly here. I know my audience. (laughs) However, do we maybe need to acknowledge (laughs) that Kenny Pickett is maybe not the player they thought he would develop into because maybe when you draft a quarterback, that's already 24, 25 years old, I, he kind of is what he is. And the fact that he has not progressed this year and yes, that can go back to the coaching too. Why hasn't he improved? Is that a Matt Canada thing? Is it a Mike Sullivan thing? Is it a Kenny Pickett has already hit his ceiling and maybe what everybody was saying during the draft about him having a high floor and a low ceiling. Oh, wow. That's actually a real thing. Um, Maybe it's that, but like, we got to be honest here. The last two games that the Steelers have played their offense, the plays were there. Kenny Pickett's throws were not the execution was not, but also though. So help me God. If I don't see that ball get thrown to the middle of the field against the Browns, if Pat Fryermuth comes back and they are still, throwing to the numbers every single time and throwing to the sidelines. I, I'm just going to shut my laptop and walk out and walk to the lake and jump in. Like it's right there. It's a short walk. I, I know you do a, a lot of hits and I, and I understand that Brooke, but when I told you in the preseason that Kenny Pickett was a replacement level quarterback, you, you were, you had a, a, a visceral reaction to that assessment. Um, so I will take either an, an apology at this point or a, you were right, Joe. Either one works for me. Wow. Um, um, okay. What I would like to say is that I was blinded by preseason Kenny. <laughs> we all were, except mm. you. So congratulations. Mm. Um, I am sorry <laughs> that I, like the I was I want to hear. Yeah. Those are not the words, Brooke. Um, I gave you, you were right last year when he didn't fire Matt Canada. 
Okay, fine. You yeah, were right. That Kenny. Wait a second. Yeah, did we? Got- <laughs> yeah, I think we, we sent you a gift card. I did. Oh. Mm, okay. Ooh, well, hey, uh, I have some free raising canes gift cards that I got Ooh. as a favor to a girl in, in the marketing department. I'll just shoot. I'll put those in the mail and put oh. your address on them. And we got our first have- raising canes in Chapel Hill. Well, no, there's one in Greenville. Oh, is there one in Greenville yes, too? Yes, okay. on campus. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. I will. I'll. I'll send those your way as Actually, a. You know, I do prefer that you were right to the actual monetary compensation. <laughs> but oh, that's really difficult for me, oh, and yeah, we're still like working you. through that. That's why I like you, Brooke. <laughs> I go to therapy to learn how to say that sentence. We yeah. haven't. We haven't gotten to that recently. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's look, before we get out of here, a little bit of breaking news as we're recording this live at tape. Sean Watson's done. It, apparently, um, as I texted you, yeah. I was stunned and immobilized. Um, I was also running late, but like that's neither here nor there. That's but Brooke, you know, I love you. <laughs> and I, I am aware that you run a little bit on Cuban people time from time to time. It's all good. It's, all it's good. true. It's it. true. Um, but then sometimes when the Browns 230 million guaranteed dollar quarterback goes out to miss another half of a season you yeah. become even more behind um apparently he has a broken bone in his shoulder and also a high ankle sprain because that's just a real insult to injury situation here yeah um he says that he suffered those injuries in the first half of their win against the ravens he then proceeded to play through it and had his i would say arguably best half of the season in the second half but Tordal is a hell of a drug. Um, it, to me, the timing of it is shocking because he had the MRI what, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Usually that injury news comes out on a Tuesday. Sure. I'm, th- I'm kind of putting the pieces together. I assume he got the MRI on Monday. They got the results later that day. Tuesday, they were probably trying to get second opinions. Like, hey, are you sure that that this has to happen? Mm-hmm. And I would guess that after all that consultation, the consensus was he needs to have this surgery right now to avoid further damage, structural damage. Um, it's It's obvious unfortunate timing if you're the Browns because I felt like that second half of the Ravens game could have been their springboard for the second half of the season. Okay, I'm going to round Deshaun. I'm going to stop you right there because the, the Deshaun Watson injury stuff has been an uh, like a buried lead storyline throughout the season, uh, and there were some questions as to whether you know people were wondering just how hurt Deshaun Watson was. So I think this injury news puts that into uh, kind of kind of for what it was. People not liking Deshaun Watson. Fine, he's done. But to me, that loss by the Baltimore Ravens oh. was about the Baltimore Ravens, not about the Cleveland Browns or a springboard. This is what, like the seventh time in the last two or three years where they've given up these fourth quarter leads. This is just, this is who the Ravens are. And that's why people have a hard time getting behind them when it comes to being a Super Bowl contender. The the Baltimore Ravens are the inverse of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> like that's Agree. the Steelers. Yeah. All of their six wins this year are by one score. Mm-hmm. Like they are so good in close games and they are great at fourth quarter comebacks. They have three fourth quarter comebacks this year. The Baltimore Ravens have lo- like, I forget what the stat was, but like they've, I think they've gone into every single game with a fourth quarter lead. And yet they have what three losses. It's crazy. That's a problem when you can't close games because they should be the favorite in this division. And yet 
you, you kind of need to win the fourth quarter to win the game and they just, they can't do it. Um, and I think like, look, I, I feel the way about the Steelers team that I did about the Steelers team a couple of years ago when they went 11 and 0 to start. And I was like, this is pure fool's gold. This is not sustainable, but there's something about this team, the way that they still find ways to win because of this defense that like, shoot, what if they, what if they won the AFC North? Because you've got a Browns team without Deshaun Watson. Granted, we also need to acknowledge outside of the second half of that game, he has not been good. They might be a better team with PJ Walker. If I'm the Steelers, I'm kind of concerned about that going into, I know I saw your eyebrows uh, that, the I, well, I mean, it does track with all the guys who came through Matt Rule's uh, program at uh, at with the Carolina Panthers. They all seem to be thriving. Maybe it's a Panthers problem and not the QB problem. Hey, th- you know what? The Steelers though have a similar phenomenon that they set they set their their loves free and they don't come back to them. Uh, Josh Dobbs thriving in Minnesota. Robert Spillane yeah. thriving on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. James Conner having a renaissance in Arizona. So um, there's um, a commonality there. But Maybe yeah, I problem. You never know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I think that um, this AFC North. Um, if you're looking for a distraction from the Panthers' problems, or if Bill O'Brien does indeed come and really just burns your organization to the ground. And further destroys <laughs> and curb stomps. Wait, is that even a... possible at this point? I mean, Look, anything's possible, Joe. <laughs> I'm so down on on New England Patriots OCs. De- like the defensive coordinators, Flores has got his thing going in Minnesota. Granted, we know how it went when he was the head coach in Miami, and it wasn't good. There were obviously extenuating circumstances there. But thinking, I say, wait a second, no. I, I am. Hold on. Thumbs were tanking at that point. Hold there on. Was, it was also, though, a very toxic culture from everyone I've talked to yeah, in that organization. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am not touching. Th- this is this is fruit of a poisonous tree mm-hmm. right now. A double tree because it's saving du- in Belichick. Like it's not. It's not the assistants, guys. It's, it's the them, coach. Hello, with Bill so, Belichick. Yeah. To 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 end where we started. I'm. I'm not. Do not put Bryce Young with with bill o'brien you know what you should do you know there, there, there's a coach on the west Follow coast up, oh no what, what about what about lincoln riley what if, what if we just brought Follow lincoln up, riley back to the carolinas bring him wouldn't home wouldn't that be yeah. wild yeah you know bring it's him, the theme of the podcast bring, bring him bring him back bring lincoln riley back you know yeah, who also bring it home we started this uh segment with a diana rossini report yeah you know who the logical replacement for mac brown is logical who arthur smith Oh jeez! You want to talk about a nil home run? Well, my dad runs FedEx. People, <laughs> I, w- I I wouldn't care if he brought back the wishbone. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> let me get some of your okay. C- come up. <laughs> I would be so. You might have been a contemporary with him. Uh. So I, I talked with Arthur Smith at owners meetings last year, and he was a big voice in the story I did on the death of the deep ball. I very much enjoyed talking with him. That man loves some like football history theory questions. He also loves Ted Lasso. He's kind of a weird dude. Don't you However, kind of though? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. However, I do not want to see him misuse whatever weapons 
UNC has because I have lived two lives. Not Robinson. Omarion and Hampton would run for 3,000 no, yards no, with no, him. No, no. no. Omarion Hampton no, would be on the bench every yeah. – I, the last two years, I have been a fantasy manager of Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me two times. I'm just an idiot. Like, tell me why I keep falling for this. So, no, I cannot live out a real football life of watching Omarion Hampton on the sideline. Or, so help me God, if Drake May comes back. And then, I don't know, I'm living in just delusional land, and I'm okay with that. Um, he, did, he, he didn't celebrate Senior Day. Um, yeah, I'm just... I, I would be going through that it. That was an homage to Double J and yeah. Russell Wilson. He was like, no, I remember before I was born that Russell Wilson didn't go, went through senior day student, and it really got Jonathan Jones mad. He's a student of history. He went through the Daily Tar Heel archives <laughs> yes, and he saw that's what he JJ's. Did. Hey, that was, that was what launched JJ into superstardom. And now what? he's on our televisions every Sunday. Yes. Thanks, Russell. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, Adam Gold and I like to take credit for Jonathan Jones because we put him on the radio that day. All right, Brooke. <laughs> Not really. JJ said he, he he should really just write you guys like royalty checks. Thank you well, for my fame. Honestly, it's why Jonathan still responds to yeah. my texts. So I'll take you that. better. You better get a wedding invite because JJ JJ always loves to tell me how busy he is. We went to so. state, but oh, we, we learned how to point to the pastor, even though we went to state. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm proud of you guys. Well, we're proud of you, Brooke. That's what we love talking. Aww. And I don't know. It could be the it could be the bourbon <laughs> talking. <laughs> my new favorite i know (laughs) shout out to michigan all right brooke we'll talk to you later see you guys always enjoy hanging out with brooke Pryor, and again it is episode 100 so we want to give a special shout out to the ogog that's right hayes lancaster mosquito authority pest authority i was listening to the ad on my way in today. Yeah. I listened to the All the Wolf. I listened to our podcast. I try to get our numbers gotta, going. Gotta, gotta you know, you those numbers, man. And I was like, maybe some people don't really understand what Hayes means to us. Being mm-hmm. the first person to reach out to us and say, hey, I'm going to support you. And I was thinking, maybe I'm not being clear enough because maybe it's the winter and you're thinking, I don't have bugs, Julio. Yes. But I am serious when I'm talking about that moisture under your house. I'm serious. Maybe you don't have cats like Joe Obvious does. Maybe you do have mice running around. You don't want mice running around. Yeah, but you got to remember that I don't let the cats into the crawl space. I don't let the cats into the attic. Right. Okay. I mean, you could. That would it's solve only some when the, problems. It's, it's only when the mice break contain that then I unleash. Okay. Well, here, here's the better way to do it. Yeah. The Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, Hayes Lancaster is the OG OG. Go to bugsbite.com. Doesn't believe in contracts, but it does believe in saving you money. So, You'll see all kinds of coupons on there for that 360 moisture barrier for all the different treatments to your house. Take care of your number one investment. That is your home and take care of us here at the OG. Go to bugsbite.com. Adam over at Breeze Theater has also been taking care of us uh, from an early part of this podcast process. So we thank Breeze Theater for sponsoring Ovi's and Jillio. Uh, go and if you want to support us, go support them by buying one of those lifetime coffee mugs even though they take a loss on it, but that's neither here nor there. We've sold so many. They're like, like, Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, no, slow it down. But it's Even been good. Better. What, what did you grab? You can vamping. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're grabbing the gas station beer set. Go buy a gas station beer set. And don't leave it in the box. Like me. 
which I left here on purpose so that we could break it out for reasons like this. You want me to put it on? No, you just just show it off. It's a uh, sweet hat. It is, it it's is. a really nice hat. I'm very particular uh, about hats. Yes. This, this hat, is not like a bargain basement out of a gas station hat. This especially is when it comes to the mesh hat. Yes. I get very particular about them. This fits me like a glove. I love it. So uh, go get yourself a gas station beers hat. I appreciate it. We also thank Butcher's Market for sponsoring the podcast. Thanksgiving's next week. Like this keeps sneaking up on me. I don't know why, but I it the, the fact that Thanksgiving is next week is freaking me out. And you shouldn't freak out though, because Butcher's Market can handle a lot of that prep for you. You need appetizers to entertain, they got them. You want to get some easy sides, they got them. You want to do something different? You don't want Let's the turkey say, on Wednesday. Yeah, that I'm going for my lasagna on Wednesday, which Let's means go. I need to go get my own sausage. I need to go get that good ground beef. Yeah. All of the top quality stuff. Or I don't know. Maybe it's Wednesday and you forgot that, you know, I'm doing all this prep work. I forgot to eat. Go get a steak sandwich. Let's do it. At the butcher's market. Also, big thanks to Oakwood Pizza Box for being with us from the jump as well as the sponsor. Hey, Joe, it's a Wednesday. Open. They're open. Are they open on Thanksgiving though? The red light is on. No, I do not think they're open on Thanksgiving. Because that would be another good way to like completely forego he's, turkey. He's not the Chinese food store. No, this is true. Although now I am curious if we can get Anthony to do a Thanksgiving pie. So Ken came up yesterday. Yeah. And he, he said to me, he goes, which we put a dent in the bourbon. He, he goes, why does Ovius want to change what Anthony does? Because I'm a weirdo. And I was like, yeah, I know the rattlesnake thing. He's like, Anthony does what Anthony does. Mm-hmm. Like, tell, would you tell him to stop with these ridiculous suggestions? Fine. And fine, look fine. at you coming up with the Thanksgiving. Back. How about this? I would just a square. But okay. How but about just why, a square? But why wouldn't you want to put gravy? Because it doesn't go on pizza, Turkey, sir. <laughs> some stuffing. Have you had a, um, you've had the, the Thanksgiving sandwich? Yes, I love yeah, those. Yeah, those are good. I love the, Thanksgiving the name of that sandwich. old place. I can't even remember if I wanted to. Um, Maximilian's. Oh, wow. Remember uh, in Carrie over oh, there? Oh, jeez. So, see, yeah, I was they had about... unbelievable sandwiches over there. So, because you brought up Ken, he'll get the Rattlesnake Cafe reference in Chapel Hill. Or was it the Rattle? No, it was the Lizard something cafe. Okay. Which turned into a Roly Poly. Mm. Roly Poly was one of these early aughts, late 90s sandwich rat places. And they had a Thanksgiving sandwich. At the Rolling Hole. The Cranberry. That's what it's about. The Lizard and Snake Cafe it took me a second. It took me all sorts of, you know, conspiracy theory, you know, string on a cork board to figure out and remember the name of the place where a lot of Chapel Hill bands would hang out at back in the day. Uh, do you have the OG card on you, by the way? I do. Can I buy this retro whaler's dad hat? Yes, you can. can you, do, you, do you see this thing? Is it Fourth? corduroy? It's corduroy, dude. Oh, man. So they dropped the retro whites uh, that they're going to break out in February for Whaler's Night. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. $205, you know, official jersey. When I saw that hat with the little wave and the green bill, dude, I got to get this. Just as long as you don't get the Cooperalls. The Cooperalls. The oh, pants. Oh, the pants. Yeah, the there pants. was a time when the Flyers and the Whalers yeah. wore pants and they were called yeah. Cooperalls. Now, it's funny with the Whalers night coming out. Here's our very predictable man on the street, woman on the street, NBC, Connecticut. Can you believe what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing? I'm upset that they're wearing them. Yes, they're, they're keeping our uh, logo and our uniforms alive, but bring them to Hartford and, and wear them and play a game in Hartford. The Brooklyn Dodgers, the L.A. Dodgers never wore Brooklyn Dodgers stuff. San Francisco Giants never wore New York Giants stuff. 
The Colorado Avalanche never wore uh, Quebec Nordique stuff. Uh, it's a tr- whoa, 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 whoa. Who wants to tell them? Well, who wants to tell them that the Dodgers kept the name and the Giants kept the name? Well, and the, but also, also, the Avalanche did wear yeah, Nordiques. That's their retro throwbacks. Yeah. So, come on, man. Reverse we, retro. We, see, we seem to do this all the time. I would, I would point this out. Carolina Hurricanes have played here in North Carolina longer than the Whalers played in Hartford. Just at some point, we have to recognize. It's like I have this conversation with my dad all the time. Dad. You understand, I've lived in North Carolina yes. longer yeah. than I lived it's hard in for me Florida. to be Jersey at this point. Yeah, you're not Jersey anymore. Just like I'm not South Florida anymore. We're North Carolinians, bro. It hurts. No, it doesn't. Embrace it. It's a good place to live. All right, let's get out of here with some uh, YouTube comments uh, from Matthew. Can we talk about the balls it took <laughs> for Texas A&M boosters to present the school with a check at halftime to cover Jimbo's contract and entice a new coach? That's the very halftime of the game. Jimbo was being fired. I mean, that's Texas A&M. World down there, man. This is why Texas A&M is a tough job, man. And I don't know if people really want to take it uh, from trip. Since we're on the topic of coaches, what do y'all think of Tony Gibson? Am I crazy for thinking there could be a smooth transition from Dave Dorn to Gibson when the time comes? Does Gibson leave for another job? Not crazy. And I totally expect Tony Gibson to be NC state's next coach. Interesting. Cause okay. under the scenario of Dave Dorn saying, I don't want to do this anymore. It would be very Dean Smith-esque. It would. It would be very, uh, yeah, I'm leaving, but this is the guy. Right. No. I, I'm going to leave at a time where it makes it almost impossible for you to hire someone other than Tony Gibson. From Lake, quick quibble. Mac always emphasized winning the in-state games first in order to lock down the in-state recruiting during his first go-round. I, yeah, I'm, absolutely. Not, I'm, not, I'm not disputing that. I'm simply saying this idea that the Duke Carolina football game is the game that they ultimately care about. Like, this is the, this is why we're here. This is the game we should win. No, 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 no. It's the state game. Yes, you want to beat Duke. Nobody's denying that. Yes, you want to beat Wake Forest. Yes, you want to beat App. I get all those things. But state is the game you actually want to win. From Mike. I was going to say, close it out with Mike. <laughs> shit, Joe, just be glad you didn't have more money to gamble. Yes, we'll close it out on that. It wasn't my money. It was Julio's money. And I had $67 lying around. What? I won with the money. Maybe you should take me with your trips to Virginia. Which, by the way, did you, I, did no, you I notice? need to do something because you're my good luck charm. Also, you, <laughs> we, we have to keep doing this because did you see where we're not going to get gambling on January 8th? Oh, no. What's it been pushed back to? We don't know. They don't know. All right. I got to text my guy who's going to be working for FanDuel now, by the way. Does that mean we get sponsorships? Darn. <laughs> I hate it when life works out well. Weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. I mean, it could be in the summer, for all we know. But the lottery commission is just kind of dragging their feet when it comes to getting it's gambling legalized in North Carolina. So we got to wait beyond. You know who we need? Texas Dundon. Yeah, we got to make that happen. We'll make that happen. All right, that's going to wrap it up for episode 100. 101 Dalmatians tomorrow.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.